This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that, unlike the Ricketts family, will carry on even in the face of adversity. Uh, now, I know what you're thinking, Chid, you sound a lot younger, you sound more handsome as well. Um, but the truth is, much I am not a Stanford Chidge. Much more. <laughs> yeah, I am not a Stanford Chidge. I am, in fact, Dean Mears, host of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the Fancast podcast on the Chelsea women's team, stepping in. To Chidge's shoes tonight, uh, but fear not, we do have uh, the right hand man, um, the Steve Clark to the show. That's Jonathan Kidd. Uh, Jonathan, how you doing? Oh, great, thanks. Great, thanks, Dean. I was never a great fan of Steve Clark. Can we find someone else? Uh, Steve Holland. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. More for coach. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I, I read about what um, uh, Steve Clark did to an Elka. But, um, when he was manager, and I, I didn't, um, I didn't go a bundle on that. So, uh, um, just a little piece of knowledge. Do you wish me to, um, to introduce yes, the, uh, the two youngsters, the two even more youngsters that we have on the show? We have, we have, of course, your partner in crime from uh, Went to Mo Kings Meadow, and this is a subtle attempt to take the show over completely. I know, I understand what's happening. Um, uh, it's the excellent, excellent Dane Whittle. And, uh, yeah, thank, I got confused then because he usually introduces me first. And then when he went, so I was gearing myself up to say something. Obviously, so used to doing went to Mo King's Meadow with Dean, and I, yeah, confused already. But I'd like you to elaborate on that Anelka story. Um, um, he didn't pick him when he managed West Brom for a variety of reasons. Um, it's in it was in Anelka's documentary. There was a good documentary on Anelka. Anelka, Anelka was uh, slightly distraught. Anelka was a wonderful, wonderful player and mm. um, was, was with a very headstrong personality and very complex guy. And um, he didn't pick him uh, and they fell out in some way. And it was a very, it, it, it didn't come across, neither, well, uh, he didn't, Steve Clark didn't come across very well in the documentary as a consequence. Mm. I mean, also, I, he was in and out of the Chelsea side. I just think there are other players I could be... Uh, 
I could be um, Chidge's, uh, Chidge's mate with, Chidge's um, uh, paired with, you know, like... Um, Dixon uh, Johnson to his Hasselbank. What, sorry, say again, Liam, sorry. The good Johnson to his Hasselbank. Hey, absolutely, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. The Duff and the, the Duff to his Robin. I should know that. The trouble with that is that give, makes them as, as equals. You almost need to have somebody, the matter to his Drogba about that. That would be quite good because there's more diminutive about it. By the way, the person speaking then was the uh, the fabulous Liam Toomey, who has been uh, entertaining us royally with his athletic articles and his tweets, which uh, which have been terrific as usual. Liam, congrats! So um, sorry, I didn't. Uh, I didn't I mean to jump in ahead about. of my introduction. No, no, no. You're allowed. You're allowed because it may give me an opportunity to introduce it. Um, I like the stuff you were talking about the Madrid game. I thought it was really really on the ball so uh, fantastic good stuff of course this is the great Liam Toomey and it's a joy to have him on the show so. thanks guys pleasure to be back that's it yeah well the thinking behind Steve Clark JK was um the assistant to the interim uh, host as I am tonight yeah no no um, and, oh, I go, oh god it's far more complex than I thought bloody hell you're way ahead of me oh god sorry sorry <laughs> I've overcomplicated it oh god shit sorry about that <laughs> But thank you. Anyway, thank you very much, regardless. Yeah. Now we have got um, Liam for just a short while, so I think it would be remiss of us not to talk about the latest. Yeah, just plug him in. In, in terms plug of him in. Let's do it. Uh, the ownership of the club with the Ricketts family pulling out today, Liam. Uh, what's been going on uh, with that? I know you're not sort of on the duty as such, but um, still got your, your fingers in the pies. Yeah. So I must caveat this by saying that I was walking my dog uh, in a park with no phone signal when this news originally broke <laughs> uh, as it as it was my day off today um it was Fine a picture surprise. of the dog though liam Fine picture yeah. of the dog i like yeah. yeah she's ruby's gorgeous um yeah it was it was a big surprise i think to everyone um given that the the rickets were considered you know front runners i think <laughs> along with todd bowley um in spite of you know, the, the sort of fan mobilisation against them, um, the perception certainly within the principal parties of the process, like Rain and Chelsea, was that they, they were a very strong bid with a lot of a lot of money behind them and a lot of um, kind of sports franchise pedigree as well. Um, and they only recently added Dan Gilbert, of course, as well. But now that we know what we know, um, you know, that I think the, the, the story that broke... I can't remember how long ago it was that, you know, when they were saying they wouldn't actually be the majority shareholders in their bid, that rang a few alarm bells, uh, alarm bells in terms of something being a little bit off with the organisation of this. And it, and it very much seems like the reason why they've not submitted a final bid now is that the, the individual investors couldn't agree about how they were, how they were going to divvy it up, essentially. Um, and that who was going to be the majority shareholder and, and, and who would do what. And um, it's, yeah, it's so it, it's a big shock that they haven't submitted a final bid after they were shortlisted in this process. Um, and I'm sure the other three bid teams will be pretty happy about that um, because there was certainly at one point a perception um, from some people around the process that, that, Rain and Chelsea, um, well, particularly Rain, 
um, were sort of inclined towards the Ricketts bid and, and the suggestion that maybe Bruce Buck on the Chelsea side was advocating for them. So the fact that they're now now out of the equation, I think if you're if you're Todd Bowley and his consortium, you've got to be feeling pretty good about yourselves um, because they've kind of put themselves at the front and centre of this. Um, I, I, you know, I've been talking to people with knowledge of the Paliuka bid, which has been very, very quiet so far, but they, they're quietly confident that they've timed this well and that they've conducted themselves in the right way, that they've not gone shouting from the rooftops. They've focused on the substance of their bid financially and the, and the plan for what they do with the club and that now they're um, starting to you know, be a little bit more public and transparent and, and engaging with fan groups as well. Um, so that I think there's a sense from them that they've they've kind of timed their run nicely. Um, the Martin Broughton bid is still very quiet because it's Josh Harris and David Blitzer who are the major money behind it. And I can imagine this is going to be quite an awkward weekend for them with Chelsea playing Crystal Palace at Wembley. <laughs> I'd be fascinated to know whether they'll be actually at the game or not. I suspect they probably won't be. Um, but we're down to three and um, it, time will tell whether it actually makes things quicker in terms of Rain and Chelsea narrowing down who their preferred bidder is um, but there's certainly a little bit less for them to analyse now that the Ricketts Griffin bid is out of the picture Yeah, so there are of course influencers influence, sorry, didn't I just say there are, there are of course influencers claiming that it's them and they're uh, um, pointing to the uh, the racism and anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim behaviour of the of the alleged allegedly of the Ricketts um, consortium. And they're saying that it's them that that achieved this um, by pointing it out. And of course, uh, the reality is bound to be, as you say, a business. It's a business thing. The share, the dilution of the shares and the apportioning of the shares is something to me that is makes much more sense than. Uh, um, than a, a small number of, of fans on Twitter pointing out a variety of things, despite well, the fact that obviously it's it, there would have been huge demonstrations had the Ricketts got in. But I think that, it, that they're going to ignore that. If the business, if it had, if it, if it had all worked for them, it would have been something that they really would have, have, have embraced hugely. So, well, there there are a couple of things to say about that. I think one, um, you know, there's been. The argument coming out today essentially that you know if it was about the Ricketts seniors emails and the, and the reaction to all of that stuff and the noise around uh you know pete ricketts governor of nebraska if all of this stuff was actually the determining factor then they would have pulled out much earlier um and that has yeah. that has some credibility to me um the you know the the other the other fact of this is that no one has forced them to pull out there hasn't been any pressure from rain from from chelsea obviously the um the noise from the outside is not nothing um and 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 the way that they've reacted to it has you know has has proven that it's not nothing because they've they i think they've definitely they've definitely done things they wouldn't have done if um fans hadn't have been highlighting these these comments and, and and these views and 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 certainly if the supporters trust hadn't been pushing so forcefully for for more reassurance that they would have run an inclusive as well as a success, successful club you know they they were doing a lot of work on the pr side to try to make up ground so that that tells you that they they did think it was an issue but i don't see anything from that 
to suggest that it would have been the reason why they pulled out. I think they, you know, everything about their approach up to this point suggested they considered it something they would have to deal with and navigate, um, but it wasn't going to put them off. So I, th I think the the reason why they've pulled out now is is purely business related, and we might not ever know exactly, you know, what those business reasons were, but it does seem that, you know, fundamental to this was kind of the the arrangement of the of the investment and and who who would kind of be the majority shareholder and how things would have been divvied up. Yeah, so Liam, obviously the deadline has now passed for the final bids. Um, what's sort of the next steps going forward when we sort of hear the referred bidder? What does that look like to you? I know there's uh, stuff with Bowley about 50% being owned by an investment company. Um, you've obviously got the bid with the two Crystal Palace investors. Um, you've also got the third bid as well, which would be very quiet. Um, what's the noise around that final decision from Rain and ultimately the club. So in terms of the time frame, um, I'd love to I'd love to tell you, but we don't know. Um, we we don't know how long Rain and Chelsea will take. They have they haven't given themselves a deadline to pick a preferred bidder. Um, I think when this whole process started, they wanted by the the final week of April um, to be able to take. To, to, to be able to take a uh, you know the, the preferred bidder to the UK government and get everything signed off and get a new special license drawn up for the sale of the club we are still time wise on track for that um, so so perhaps that could be the case that by the time we get to the final week of April um, things will have moved significantly on, on and we will have one name with one team one bid team that has emerged um, but as for you know Team Bowley and the, and the Clear Lake, Clear Lake Capital um, situation. People around that bid are very much insisting that while Clear Lake, um, you know, would probably have the largest shareholding, um, it is it, everyone involved considers it Bowley's bid that he would be the controlling shareholder. He would be the one running the show, as it were, and that it would be probably Jonathan Goldstein as the UK-based executive who would be the sort of day-to-day -day face of, of, the, of the ownership, but um, Bowley would be the, the one at the wheel. Sorry, JK, did you want to say something? I just wanted to ask, do you know, um, Liam, how um, Fenway is set up? Is, is that a, 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 a shareholding, a company initially and yeah, the, yeah. in the same way? Set up the same um, way? I don't know intimately the structure of it i do know broadly that it's a, it's a syndicate of investors um big and small and and i don't think um john w henry is the largest shareholder necessarily or certainly not the richest person involved in that investment group he just he is the one that everyone is comfortable with being the public face of it um and so that's always been the case ever since they got to liverpool so it that that could that could well be um, a similar situation with Bowley. Uh, but I, to be honest, I think with most of the consortiums, um, I mean, the Pauluka bid, I think, you know, him and Larry Tannenbaum seem to be the, 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 the two big names, but they've got a lot of other investors involved. Um, and Martin Broughton's bid is certainly, uh, I, you know, we don't know all of the names of everyone involved beyond Harrison Blitzer, but 
I think that would be a pretty extensive list as well. So whoever comes in, whoever ends up taking over Chelsea will probably be like a syndicate of investors um, with one or perhaps a couple of investment capital firms involved as well. Um, the Bowley one is slightly different in that the investment firm would have would, would have the larger shareholding, as we understand. But, um, you know, I think it, it it is going to be more of an American model, which is very much geared towards sort of collegiate investing. Yeah, Liam, I know you are uh, pressed for time. Um, I'm sure Chid will be leaning on you in the coming weeks as we get more details on who will be Chelsea's uh, new owners. Uh, before you go, what pieces have you got coming out on The Athletic that um, listeners should look out for? Um, so at the moment, we've got on our site, um, I, I just did a piece that went up today about Jorginho and Kante. So obviously this season, from a Good contract one. point of view, has, has, has kind of been overshadowed by the fact that the entire Champions League winning defence has been in the final year of their deals. Um, you know, now as Piliqueta has triggered, triggered the option in his contract, so his situation is a little bit more complex. Um, but Rudiger and, and Christensen are still very much staring at, at free agency. And next year we will have the same with the starting midfield from Porto with Jorginho and Kante. And so I was focusing mainly on them and the kind of dilemma that Chelsea face about what to do with them because they're they're both north of 30 now. They were only last year voted in the Ballon d'Or rankings, essentially the two best central midfielders in the world. Uh, Luka Modric might have something to say about that based on that Real Madrid tie, but, you know, they're, they're still clearly very, very good. Um, and it, it puts Chelsea in an awkward contractual situation. Would they sell this summer, one or both? Would they extend them? Would they just let them run down their deals? and try to get one more quality year out of them. Can they afford to do that, given that they want to try to invest money in the midfield and elsewhere? And hovering above all of this is that we don't even know who will be making the decisions on it, because will Marina Granovskaya be in place? Um, and, and what will the football structure of Chelsea look like under new ownership? So it's kind of trying to take a broad view of those situations. Um, and then next week, I think, you know, we'll be reacting to the FA Cup semi-final, but it, it will continue to be takeover central, I think. Yeah, your athletic subscription worthy of just Liam's articles alone, but lots of um, fantastic stuff on there, especially on the Chelsea ownership. Um, one of the one places you can trust uh, what you read, uh, I'm sure. Uh, Liam, thank you for uh, giving up some of your evening tonight for joining us. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, good job, Dean, in, in Chidge's absence. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I have a good night, guys, and, and enjoy the game on Sunday as well. Yeah, big shoes indeed. Uh, we're going to go for a short break. We'll be back to look back at Real Madrid uh, midweek uh, after this short break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm still joined, hopefully, by JK. 
I'm only just here, yes, but I've managed to hang on by the edge, by my whiskers. Yes. Hello. And my partner in crime, Dame Whittle. Evening, everyone. Now, we're going to look back at Tuesday night's uh, masterclass in Madrid, JK. It was a glorious disappointment. It was glorious. The word glory is, uh, is beautifully used. Danny Blanchfly used to say that, the great uh, um, Spurs midfielder and completely useless Chelsea manager. <laughs> Lasted about six months. Uh, we are talking 1980. Um, but uh, probably the shit. Um, but, and I was the lion. I was standing at the lion then. Um, <laughs> and I was shit. I wasn't. I didn't last very long. Um, it was completely phenomenal. And uh, what, what I... What I loved was that that apart um, uh, I predicted that we would we would play as well as that, um, but we just it, the it was the horror it was kind of the the dreadful glory it's like the 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 reaching the heights but then not quite getting over the finishing line, um, uh, uh, which added to the glory really the fact that we played so wonderfully and the fact that Werner appears to have had a complete renaissance, I mean the goal he scored was great. Um, uh, as was his overall contribution. And if he can carry on playing like that. I mean, well, I, I came away looking at all the positives from that, which is that he, 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 we, if you play according to the way Tuga wants you to play, we're a great team. And we sh unfortunately um, would have beaten them easily, but for uh, the idiocy of the, of the first leg. Um, uh, you know, the, 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 the first 35 minutes, we were so dreadful. And then the unfortunate error by by Mondi, which just, you know, put the mockers on the whole tie. But we didn't deserve, really, to lose that by two goals, um, uh, just because we're a far superior team to Madrid. But they came up with their two oldies. I mean, the, the problem with Benzema playing is that it just makes you realise how completely appalling Lukaku is, because Benzema is a proper striker, proper centre-forward, um, whereas we have a... we have, He is a... Uh, you know, a leaping salmon of a player, and we have a, a bag of cement. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to to his not being with the club anymore. And I despair of the curse of the striker. And I would like to find out ultimately who wanted to buy um, Lukaku. Whether in fact it was a it was a, a, a Roman Shevchenko moment. But um, yeah, the game itself. We swarmed wonderfully. We pressed wonderfully. The energy required to play that way is, uh, which was completely missing in the first 35 minutes at the bridge, which was very evident at Southampton. We were brilliant at Southampton. We were brilliant at the Berner Bernabeu, other than those two moments that they scored. And of course, I, I slightly despair that we didn't, when we were when we were winning, when we were um, four three up. Um, uh, whether we should actually have just resorted to the kind of shithousery that Atletico attempted to do yesterday and that um, Madrid did in the last 15 minutes at the bridge because we didn't. We sort of went for it. And, um, and I, 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 we could, we could shithouse, but we, I, I almost think we're, we're too honest a team. He's too honest a manager. We're, we're, I don't think it's naivety. I just think it's a, it's a great positive for the side. He really doesn't have, well, we have the odd moment of a Rudiger might go down with cramp when he, we might punch someone um, surreptitiously, or he might, we might take a slow, we might take a slow throw in, but um, 
uh, we don't have that degree of just falling over for no apparent reason. It's not it's not in the team's nature. And I think I love that. And I, I, I just wish we'd scored. I wish the Alonso goal had been allowed. Now, you know, people are coming in with with um, theories of of referee collusion. And Tuchel wasn't happy with the referee laughing um, with uh, Ancelotti at the end. But the goal was the reasons why I was so disappointed was it clearly just touched his little finger. And also it was great. And Alonso had a fabulous game. And the fact that he can score a goal like that, you know, it's, there's a kind of schoolboy thing with it with me because he, he can score great goals, Alonso, and I absolutely love him for it. All right, he's not the fastest player in the world, but in that setup, um, he seemed to perform out of his skin, as did they all. I can't fault anybody for that performance. It was two moments of absolute excellence that, that won it for them. Uh, Modric's brilliant pass. And all right, we were possibly a bit slow. Um, and uh, and then uh, Kante made a mistake, um, uh, and he left the, let the ball. He let he thought that uh, Reese was going for the ball, and it let the that what's his face in um, Vinicius Junior. Vinicius Junior is an excellent player, and of course Reese was played out of his skin against him, and um, there were noises being made by the Madrid hierarchy about who was the who was the right back. He was great. Reese was completely phenomenal. What a player he is! What we need to do is look at the positives from all of this and think if we can get a few players in that um, uh, fit. Tuchel's pattern, TT's pattern for next year, if we're in a position to be buying players, I don't know with the new owners, um, that fit the pattern, whether Connor steps up or he's the player you want. Um, there is no reason why we shouldn't uh, be competing for the title, be competing for the Champions League and be competing for the quadruple because that team played so wonderfully. And it was, it was, it was as I go back to it, it was glorious for that reason. It was a glorious defeat but at the same time, it just showed you how far we've come as a side and what a completely brilliant manager he is. And it was, uh, I wish I'd gone. Uh, I, I, I got some work and I couldn't go. But, uh, you know, huge kudos and jealousy for those who went. What an occasion. Oh, the, one of the possibly the greatest um, European uh, um, outing ever I think um, because the others were at home I think as an away victory it was absolutely phenomenal um, and I wish I'd been there but no you know sorry I've rabbited on a bit but my goodness me what a completely pre wonderful performance it was and yet we lost because of the first leg yeah absolutely uh, Dane the question that, that Chidra's asked in the, in the script here is where does this rank in terms of our great European uh, performances is it dampened by the fact that ultimately, although we won the ninety, the game, we lost the tie? Well, as JK was saying, is it our greatest away performance in, in Europe? Uh, it, it, again, you know, it it's left a bitter taste, a bitter sweet taste. You know, I watched the the following night's games, and it actually made me feel worse because of how, how how wonderfully we played and, and, and we did everything we, we needed to do. Two small little moments, uh, you know, where where Kante, again, you know, I'm not going to be critical of any of the players in previous years of watching Kante. I know sometimes if he, if he, 
if he passes over 10 yards, he can give it away. And in that instance, he tried a little, little dink, didn't he? To, 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 I think it was to Reese, and, and, and it was, again, it was nothing. And they just took full advantage of that. And, and a Rudiger slip with, 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 again, with Kante, a lot of sort of like caught in no man's land again, between him and Reese and didn't know who to go for the ball, but it, it's just two little, two little small instances, which they completely punished individually, uh, and it was heartbreaking because we done we done everything so right. I thought, again, I'm not going to dig out any players. A couple of players were a little bit, took a while to get going. They looked like rabbit in headlights, but then they they went from like five, six levels to to, to like nine and halves and was absolutely outstanding. And it was, yeah, it was almost an all-round complete performance, wasn't it? And if you think... You know, every every time I, you know, I, I tried to, you know, try to accept defeat. I remember another chance, you know, a couple of Kai chances, and we absolutely dominated them. It, it, it's it's heartbreaking to think that that first leg. I know two different tactics, two different styles. You know, uh, the brilliant Joe Tweeds made made a great comment on Twitter about you know that second leg should be a blueprint of our of our future and how we play. Uh, you can't play that way with certain players because you'll be carrying them. They, they need, uh, obviously, a fitness. They need certain mobility uh, and pace. And uh, But I suppose the slowest player in that team, Alonso, coped with it really well. Whether he could do that week in, week out, I don't know. But, yeah, as Joe Tweed said, that is a blueprint. You know, give us sort of that style of player in to play that blueprint. And we're, we are a force to be reckoned with. And... To be fair, that's the way we sort of got to the Champions League final last year, didn't we? And got to the final and dealt with City by playing that those tactics. But going back to what you said, yeah, it's, it, it, it was one of our greatest performances, not including, obviously, finals, uh, European finals, but that was probably take away Napoli at home. Uh, some really good defenders to say about Barcelona, but an all-way, an all-round display of going at a team and going for the kill like we did yeah it was it was, it was an unbelievable performance yeah jk i've been sort of battling with myself on, on this because it was a great performance but we've lost and it's not really in chelsea's nature to celebrate us getting knocked out of the champions league i think the difference right now is that historically under abramovich failure in the champions league has ended managers reigns you know Mourinho the first it's time around true. Uh, Ancelotti, AVB, uh, Roberto Di Matteo, all these managers fouled in Europe and got sacked. But this feels different with Tuchel. It feels like the start, even though we've already won the Champions League under him, it feels like we're just getting started on this path to supremacy. Yeah, I think that's his way out. Otherwise, I think he'd be uh, he'd be told by one of the uh, the directors when he's on the stairs at the. Uh, end of the season that he's got not got a job anymore like Angelotti was. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Tuchel out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the path. We, we no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, of course. Yes, uh, any other previous, um, previous manager would have been uh, shown the door. Um, well, possibly not, just because you say he, he got his... Uh, He's got out of jail card by winning it the first time and also winning um, Champions of the World uh, and the Super Cup. Um, and he'll probably win the FA Cup. Uh, well, one hopes. Uh, we can't lose three in a row. Bloody hell. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose in a sense I'm being, I'm being a little bit too um, uh, uh, tired and emotional about it. And uh, there obviously have been 
better performances in Europe, like even Chelsea beating Real Madrid in the Cup Winners' Cup replay, um, where which was uh, a, a completely superb, um, superb um, showing by the by the team. Um, but I, I, I'm so I'm thinking very much in the present. I just think they're such a great side, and uh, um, and they played as you said, Dane. They played as well as they played in the uh, in the in the whole of the Champions League last year, which I have to say I predicted they would. Um, I just hope that they. And once again, you know, the, it's it's such small margins. You know, the the as I said, if the Alonso goal had been allowed, had been allowed, and then Werner had scored after that, we we wouldn't have had a problem. So. Um, you 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 have to be, and then they spent the last fifteen minutes diving around, of course, as they would after they got the goal. It's it's there are tactics to to employ, or you have to somehow get round them. I'm actually going to be intrigued by if they're attempting to implement this timekeeping thing now. They get they're doing trials of it, UEFA or FIFA in um, uh, under twenty three football of having a, a, an external timekeeper because you wonder then whether any of these. Um, just falling over for no apparent reason. Uh, and, you know, example was last night in the uh, Atletico game where Foden got kicked and then the, uh, the, the Atletico player came and picked him up and threw him off the pitch. And I understood his frustration that his own player just kicked him and he was then yellow carded and sent off. And what I loved was that the, the Atletico player, player's complete disbelief as to why he'd been why he'd been carded again despite having all videos thwacked Foden really hard with a late tackle, you know, because kicked him. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, if you can iron that kind of thing out, um, uh, the the kind of fair play tactics that we we seem to employ would be rewarded. Um, but uh, yeah, in answer to your question. Um, uh, I'm I'm very much in the moment with this, just because I'm so fond of the manager. And yes, he he in a previous a previous setup, um, he probably would have been shown the door. But in this instance, he started by winning the Champions League, and he clearly is the best manager we have ever had. And his ability to get performances out of a team that was never his um, in the first place, it was Frank's or previous managers is is so praiseworthy and uh so um the, the new owners coming in i think will will well they if they're the kind of owners that want want money rather than um the success that roman looked for um then i think they'll be they'll be getting it because if they just give him the few tweaks that he wants i don't know who the players are going to be but if he gets the few players that he wants we will be such a force to be reckoned with. This is this is why I'm so positive about it. But yes, I suppose in reflection, you can't really say it's the best performance um, uh, in Europe when they've uh, when they've lost. But it was a great performance, and uh, that is why uh, Tuchel will not be leaving us because of his huge potential. Because he is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dane JK mentioned there's a few tweaks, and if you look at the game, it's all. It turned on the substitutions. Madrid's obviously working in their favour. And for Chelsea, you know, Pulisic was, you know, anonymous. Jorginho oh. missed the great chance at the end. Our subs didn't really well, help Pulisic, the game. Pulisic missed, those two, Pulisic missed those two difficult chances, though, didn't he, Dean? Mm. That was the thing. Yeah. Didn't he? Do you think that's he the missed those the head of the well, I suppose that that's the difference, isn't it? You know, we talk about Benzema's chances in that first leg, you know, half chances. He's a world-class striker who puts him away. You know, 
Pulisic is not a world-class striker. His finishing's okay. Uh, I thought he was a good sub at the time. I thought, I thought Werner had picked up a knock and he looked like he was carrying a bit of a... He was limping a bit and I thought, you know, Pulisic's pace could threaten them. Substitutions don't always work. Obviously, Vez did. Camavinga come in in the centre midfield and done really well for him. And obviously, Rodrigo got the goal. Uh, it, it, it's harsh. Our subs didn't work out, you know, whether it's Ziyech, uh, Pulisic, Jorginho. Saul, I think, came on obviously late. But we obviously, we're chasing the game at, at, at that time. And we're sort of having to change our, our system a bit because we had, you know, uh, 10 outfield players who, who with high fitness levels, you know, with pressing and pressure and, and good mobility. And to an extent, you know, bringing on Ziyech and Jorginho are two different sort of players to, to that would that would, wouldn't really suit that system. Uh, yeah, it was a great, great selection by, by, by Tuchel originally. You know, I saw a lot of people complaining about Werner starting one thing Tuchel does, he gives you a chance, you know, and if you don't take that chance, that's freaking tough. Uh, the reason Werner start, started was he was absolutely fantastic against Southampton. You know, we all saw that with our own eyes. Pulisic, Ziyech, uh, Werner, Lukaku have not been consistent for Tuchel, otherwise they would be playing regularly. They've all had their chances, they've all had their games where they've, you know, a seven here or an eight here, and then they sort of die out or get injury, but none of them's been consistent. So I don't know how you can still moan on Twitter about certain players not starting. Werner was absolutely outstanding against Southampton and he was absolutely outstanding against Real Madrid and I've no doubt he should now start again on Sunday and carry on that, you know, that good form. JK made a great point about these not being uh, two core players. A lot of these players were bought for Frank and Frank's style and Werner has suffered. You know, if, 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 if Tuchel really wanted to play a system that suited Werner, he would do. But he hasn't done until the last two games. Really suits Werner. Werner, Werner, you know, so many you hear so many times that he isn't great and he isn't good and a lot of critical of him. But certain players only fit like some sort of a couple of tactics, a couple of formations, a couple of systems. And Werner is one of them. Call it limited. I've talked about Ziek being similar before, or or you have call it limited or you or you don't. You know, he's not someone who can play out on the left. In recent weeks, he's played out in that when, when Tuchel's doing that 4-1-4-1. He's played out in the left left midfield. He's not a left midfielder. He's not even a left winger, which some people claim in a 4-3-3. He's someone who likes to play through the middle, who likes to drift out to the left. And that's a big difference, drifting out to the left to actually being stuck out on the left. Uh, these past two games have suited him down to the ground. And if that's the way Tuchel's going to go, it's going to be a massive benefit for Werner. If it's not, He's going to go back to his the previous formation of like wing backs and the right forward and the left forward behind the striker. Then, then Werner might be be going in the summer. Go on, J.K. So he he suits better in the four than um, Werner. In fact, that's what we're saying. And the and the uh, I mean the the Southampton goal that he scored the brilliant Southampton goal that he scored when it was yeah. the header backwards from. Uh, for what's his name, the, the double barrel guys, they were bat, the bad header, but he just ran prowse, onto it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, he headed it back. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, headed it backwards. And he ran at the player, it was like Leipzig goal, completely and utterly, he rounded the goalkeeper and, and got it in from an acute angle. Now, uh, I, I don't, I don't, wouldn't to matter to me what, what, what um, tactics, what, what setup we were playing. Um, he just seemed to be much more, uh, relaxed on the ball in the Madrid game, and the, as I say, the goal was great when he took it wide, and he, and it it, it makes you realise that it, it it is clearly a confidence player completely. 
Yeah. Um, because it, 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 he's been in that kind of position before. Where he's been one on one with the goalkeeper or chasing, and he's kicked the ball wide or he's hit the side netting or whatever. And we've suddenly seen, we saw the Leipzig player. And I really, as you say, he should, must pick him on Sunday. And he must, um, uh, and if he, if, if, to me, he should play in exactly the same way because he, he appears now to have got his mojo back. Mm, and yeah. uh, and I'm very pleased. I've been very critical of him because he's just looked as if he can't, you know, he couldn't trap a paper bag. But suddenly <laughs> you see that and you realise you've got a match winner, you know. Yeah, well, we did win the Champions League with Werner, Havertz and Mount as a front three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it shouldn't be too much of a shock that they play well together. Um, JK, one player that perhaps surprised some people starting was Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the right-hand side again. Yes, but, Tuchel said yes. before about five of him in unorthodox positions. And that's something that they, they did do. They found him in these weird areas of the pitch where Madrid couldn't really cope with him. What did you make of his performance again? But, uh, I thought I thought he was fine. You know, it, it, what, I, what I love about uh, Tuchel is he, he persists with players who you make a, you've made a decision about. You think, no, they're not very good. No, he's having a bad season. And they'll... They suddenly play well. What you hope is that they will then use that as an opportunity to, to kick on from there. Because, um, uh, I mean, Sal played well in a couple of games in the season. I thought we'd see him more often if he didn't pick him. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean... It's, got, it's a sort of contradiction, isn't it? We always think somebody played well and it means that he'll pick him. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that doesn't, doesn't feature on Sunday because it might be a tactical thing. You know, it might be that he, he works out something else. He works out that Zayek works better with Havertz and, uh, and Mount in a, a, up front um, uh, against Palace because he, he's, he, he's that kind of tactician. Um, but yeah, I found him, uh, I thought he was very poor in the, uh, in the home leg and, and just because I think he was playing centrally and he didn't, you'd have thought that would be his best position. He'd been, when he'd played previously, I remember he played against Luton and he was terrible until he pushed further up and then he mm-hmm. dominated. Um, uh, it, it, uh, but no, he, he, he was very much, as I say, nobody played badly. Um, uh, possibly tricky start at the front just because of the nerves, because it was a semi-final, as I call a final. But um, uh, a great, a, a great improvement, um, and seemed to be um, not, not didn't give the ball away as much, didn't seem to be caught in possession as much, um, and played well in that particular cog in the machine and perhaps that's how he's being seen this season because he appears to play everywhere against Burnley he played um uh he played uh, right wing back didn't he so uh, i mean which is a shame isn't it really because everybody says his best position is just behind the the front in a kind of frank ex frank position moving forwards he appears to have been uh, kind of odd job man uh, speaking of burnley what do we think of Sean dyke going is it dyke or dyke <laughs> you think of him Anything, harsh, isn't it? anything to help Burnley get relegated is a good thing. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I think I, I, I just like I, that, that was. I'm going to con- contradict myself by I think uh, JK was right because it was very tricky first 10 15 minutes. And I contradict myself because I thought Ruben was one of the players who looked like a rabbit in headlights, started off quite slowly. But I'd sold him in my head in the summer. I thought uh, early on this season, he, he'd made a, some really encouraging performances off the bench and he's been given more of his chance, just like a lot of players, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he yeah. hasn't performed. But that that performance, once he got going against Madrid in the second leg, again, was outstanding, which has made me think, well, if he can produce that, that sort of performance still, then there is a hope for him from staying in the future. And Tuchel will find 
a, a place within a rotation. No, he, he didn't pick Jorginho. It was obviously never going to pick Barkley. He didn't pick Zayek. He booked Ruben to do a job, and Ruben done a job. So that is positive yeah. for him for the future. And stand the with thing they have to they have to keep these standards up. Yes, they absolutely. Have to maintain these standards because this is an elite team. We are a top top team, and you cannot afford to have people um, just not to use an Americanism stepping up to the plate. And speaking yeah. of that, that's what worries me about Pulisic, who is is we've you know we keep giving him these chances because two years ago before his hamstrings went he was fabulous and yet we are not seeing it we all have our hopes for him um because you you, you want him to succeed but he had those two chances when he came on and if he got one of them uh, well we'd be we'd mm. we'd have won it you know we wouldn't be having this conversation well we would oh tuchel you know. tuchel does give you a chance jk you know i can yeah, only yeah. think I can only probably only count on one hand since Tuchel's been manager where I think he's been harsh. I've stated it so many times. When Pulisic was on a great run of form, he rested him at home to Fulham last season and Havertz came in and scored uh, maybe one or two and then Pulisic was, was, was sub again, which I thought was harsh because he, he should have kept the, the, the kettle boiling with him. But Tuchel, you know, Tuchel, if you're, if you're on form and you're playing well, Tuchel will then play you again. It's only when you fall out of form, but he, he drops you. He's very fair and you do get a chance under Tuchel. As, as we proved, with, with, with every player on this side, at some point they've had a run of games and if they're not performing, then fucking tough. Yeah, uh, obviously this weekend, a big chance for Chelsea to, you know, announce uh, the um, defeat in the Champions League by getting through to another FA Cup final when we play Crystal Palace on Sunday. We'll be previewing that after the break. Before we do that, though, um, Chidge spoke to me. He said, I'm, I'm not feeling very well, but something will help me out, make me feel better, as if the listeners that don't already own a Chelsea pitch owner share, if they buy one. Um, as you know, Chelsea pitch owners make sure that Chelsea remains playing football at Stamford Bridge. And playing under the name of Chelsea Football Club, and in the current climate with new owners, um, their involvement in this whole situation has never been more important. Uh, you can buy a share between 110 pound for an electronic share, and up to 173 for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. Uh, just go to the website and look for Chelsea pitch owners. Uh, and the other thing that will help Chidge out uh, feel a lot better is if you join the Chelsea Supporters Trust. As we know, the trust has played a fantastic role in what's been going on with speaking with potential new owners, ensuring that your fans are listened to, that everybody has a voice and you can have your voice in the trust by becoming a member for just £5. You have your say in important issues such as the European Super League, ticket prices, kickoff times and many other issues important to supporters. They make sure your voice is heard by the club and as a member you get to attend meetings, vote in the elections Put forward motions at the AGM and you get a lovely Chelsea Supporters Trust badge. Visit ChelseaSupportersTrust.com to sign up today. And while you're at the game, make sure you pick up your copy of CFC UK from the stall. Uh, it will be at Wembley with DJ and the other sellers. Uh, you can also subscribe to it by emailing fanzine at cfc.net. That costs £16 if you're in the UK, £35 if you're in Europe and £45 for the rest of the world. Uh, digital costs you £6 for a subscription or £1 for a copy. Uh, you can also pay via PayPal. All the details you can get through fancying at cfcuk.net. Uh, we're going to go for a short break. When we'll be back, we'll be looking ahead to another Chelsea trip to Wembley. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. 
The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to the final part of the Chelsea Fancast preview show. Uh, I'm thankfully still joined by JK. Oop. And the delightful Dave Mittal, who's not left me yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm loyal and very biased. Uh, JK, another trip to Wembley for Chelsea. Um, does the fact that this game becomes so soon after Madrid worry you at all? Nah. <laughs> Keep the momentum going. What have we got? We've got ridiculous number of matches in in small number of days, haven't we? He's just got to keep it going. And he, I mean, that may mean, in fact, he may pick a side that has no bearing on on what we saw during the week, um, just because of the number of uh, of matches we've got coming. But um, uh, I think he'll pick and choose. We've got Arsenal next Wednesday, haven't we? Um, Gunas. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm um, uh, I'm optimistic as always. I'm optimistic about this team. I mean, they've got some decent players. Palace, um, uh, Butland's a decent keeper, um, and they've got, to, of course, our ex-player Gay who's having a fantastic season. And people are complaining as to why on earth we let him go. But it was the end of his contract, and he didn't think he was going to get in. Little did little little did he realise everybody was coming to the end of their contracts, and everybody people wanted to leave, and he would have been a shoe in because he's top player. And the, uh, the positive of this, of course, is that you know we're producing great players from the uh, the academy, which is as it should be. 
and um, and of course the best playing for them who won't be playing for them on Sunday is uh, um, is Conor Gallagher who is uh, well, let's hope that he becomes the great play. Looks as if he will, um, from having watched him at Palace. Not that I watch Palace all the time, but from the highlights, because you can see that you see him bapping him in and non-stop running, and uh, looks as if he's going to be another Frank for us. Um, uh, other players I would spot for them um, is uh, uh, Olise, who's a good. Uh, I don't know if you pronounce it that. Olise, Olise, Michael Olise, and uh, Ederici uh, Easy. Um, where did he used to play? I think he played. Did he play at um, Rangers? Queen's Park Rangers. Very decent players. Elisa's a very good player. He almost scored several times at, um, at Selhurst Park, just past the post. And they've got that uh, um, that perennial trier, Hughes, who used to play for Derby under Frank, who I'm, I've always been, um, I've always liked him because he always gets stuff done. You know, some players you watch teams and you think, oh, he's a decent player. Um, uh, at least I do. And uh, he's a decent player for them as well. And of course, you then get into the uh, their forwards. And uh, Zaha is excellent, really excellent player. Um, and is there is, is is someone to watch just because he's he's top top winger, top player has to be uh, has to be snuffed at. And Benteke is always there, good for a, a run and a header. Um, and he's a very good, very good, uh, very good competitive player. And Ayu is also much better than people think he is. Um, I remember the previous time we had a, a guest on, he, he wasn't a fan of Schluck. He said if Schluck played, they weren't going to win. So let's hope Schluck turns out for them. Um, uh, um, uh, but yeah, just, just, just thinking about who else there is. Um, Kuyat is a decent player. Milivojevic um, has also always been very competitive. I mean, they've got some decent players and Vieira has clearly made them into a, a very competitive side. So it's not going to be a walkover, but I think we're too strong for them. And I'm no doubt Vieira will have a, will have a, unless I'm calling him Vieira because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a bit of a ponce. Um, but in the same way I call Mendy Mondi. Um, <laughs> you see, it's a little bit of learning. It's in the way, you see, I shouldn't have done French at school. That's the trouble. And I go, no, it's not actually pronounced like that. It's Vieira. It's life will go. La Vieira will go. Anyway, I think the word wanker is probably applied well in this instance. Um, but um, but no, I'm I'm um, uh, I've got a soft spot for Palace. I'll admit it. I've got a soft spot. I I used to live in Tooting and used to watch um, Wimbledon play there when they shared because I used to do some work for LBC and they had a they had a little box and I occasionally got invited and I like Selhurst Park. It's a an old shithole, but it's traditional and. Um, and I think, as I say, I think I think Vieira has done Vieira has done really well with them, and uh, I wish him well, but not on Sunday. Yeah, uh, Dana, as J.K. said, you know, Vieira perhaps a little bit unexpectedly has got Palace playing some good football. They've had some you know, decent results recently. Uh, the three 0 against Arsenal, the four 0 against Everton. They're a, you know, a strong, physical but quick team. How do you think that extra time? You know, the energy that we put into that game against Madrid is going to affect us. Do you think Tuchel's going to have to rotate the team quite a lot to to cope with Palace? And obviously, this is such a huge game for them. Where we've been to so many semi-finals in recent years, but for them, this is you know a cup final for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, going going back to what you originally said, yeah, Patrick Patrick Vieira has has, has done an amazing job, and he's shown so many capabilities of going on to being a top top manager. 
you know, it's not always the case of of of, of such talented players like talented players like he were he was going to you know management and 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 naturally do it he played under some great managers club level and international level and i know he you know he was cutting his teeth in the mls with you know in new york city so for him to then i've had his chance in france and now, now to come over to palace and get them playing playing a really good style in a really good way and uh you know, it looks like he's got an eye for a player as well. And you're right, JK's right. You know, there's something about Palace, you know, ignore their stupid fans, but their stadium is is very traditional and it, it brings back memories for me, you know, from going so many times away with Chelsea over the years since, you know, since the late 80s. And it, 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 things like things like that just, just hold special, you know, with you as an individual. And uh but then answering your other question, it, it's it's a conundrum, isn't it? You know, 120 minutes will hit certain players or hit uh, the players maybe in their 30s or you're hoping that you're keeping the kettle boiling. Maybe a Christensen for, for Thiago Silva, you know, whether Kante can, can do the three games in, in, in a week or or not. But four I days, change though, isn't Four days, four days rest. I've got four days rest. Yeah, though, yeah. I was just he did start. Kante did start against Southampton, didn't he? So I was just worrying about the free yeah. potential free yeah. games yeah. within a week. Uh, I just I would I wouldn't change too much. But as JK already said, you know, it's a big game against Arsenal on Wednesday. It'd be nice for us to put them out of sight. Uh, you know, that's one of their game in hands that they're, they're hoping to catch up on, on on possibly Spurs. But it'd be nice to you know put them out of sight and beat them. So. Depends whether that two calls got the eye on Arsenal or, or just via, you know, let's get this Palace out of the way first before we worry about resting certain players. It will, yeah, again, it's 120 minutes, you know. But as we said earlier in the show, you know, it, it's, it's, fair, it's fair to be disappointed if you didn't play well. But we proved, again, with my blue tinted glasses on, I thought we, we proved we were the better team. We had a crazy 35 minutes in the first leg, but I thought we was far superior in that second leg. Didn't help going in with a two-goal deficit. Uh, and I thought we was outstanding. So, you know, Tuchel, who's an outstanding manager, like we all know, much loved, will just be playing on the fact of how of how wonderful they played against Real Madrid. And hopefully we'll, we'll take that into the, into the Palace game and, and give them confidence. The, uh, the one problem, of course, is Anthony Taylor is refing. Well, yeah, I didn't want to mention that because I thought we we, we was fairly positive through the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, the twelfth man for Palace being Anthony Taylor, yeah, that's uh, that's something. Uh, <laughs> God, yeah, that was going to be a question for later, but we'll ask it now. JK, as you know, the resident referee, is Anthony Taylor a concern? Yeah, do it without swearing, JK. <laughs> Can I call him a dick? <laughs> Yes, we'll allow that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, of course, it's a problem because he he is a he's a he's a loose cannon. He applies the laws in ways that I just don't understand, and uh, um, he's a complete law unto himself. He doesn't. Um, he seems to look down on players. There's a superciliousness about him that I find appalling. Um, and seems to befit somebody who uh, uh, worked in prisons and being so unfair on him, actually. Uh, he probably was a very sympathetic man. Um, but he's, um, he definitely has a slight superiority and 
slight's the wrong word. He is a, a, a walking ego on a stick. And as I say, his application of the laws is so bizarre. I will never forget um, the, the, the example when Alonso, when Marcos, our dear Marcos, was felled against Tottenham by the goalkeeper. And he initially gave a foul uh, for the goalkeeper and was then annoyed that VAR had asked him to review it. You could see him, he was steam coming out of his ears that he had to go back and reassess it. Oh God, I've made the decision. I'm the referee. I make decisions. I'm right. Oh, the goalkeeper appears to have demolished Marcos. Oh, I suppose I better give a penalty. So that one. And the other one, of course, is the, the uh, I'm not going to go on and on, we've got a whole list of bloody things. The, uh, the dreadful decision he made over, was it um, Sanchez in the Arsenal final when Sanchez handled the ball and was offside and he gave the goal and that was the first goal against us and of course the in the subsequent um, sending off of Kovacic mm. when he was the one who was fouled I mean you just cannot believe his inability to wish to look at VAR and these I mean he did it the other day watching him um, in one of the games somebody uh, in Man City ball hit the Man City player on the stones on the leg went for a corner um, so obviously, we all saw it on television, big deflection, refused, refused. Well, it's his decision on the pick, isn't it? That's not something that VAR does, and it should. That's one of the ludicrousnesses of VAR. Um, you know, decision on the pitch, but he got it completely wrong. Linesman didn't say anything. Fourth official doesn't say anything. So he is allowed to get away with it because everybody defers to him because he is supposedly the great Anthony Taylor. This is why he is wheeled out for these games because somewhere they seem to believe in the, what's the, the abbreviation for refs, Pogamol, whatever it's called, I don't know. They seem to believe that he is one of the best referees in the country. I would like to see Michael Oliver refereeing one of these games, who to me is one of the better, possibly the best. Why, or even he, I think, is slightly... Uh, lost the plot on occasions. But why do they keep going to Oliver? What is, and particularly with his record against us, you can see the percentages. He's made more decisions against us than against, than against others, other teams, contentious decisions. And he may, you know, if, if it's, it, it, it could be the, the, whole, the whole game is ruined by a ridiculous decision he makes early, or he decides that somebody's committed a foul and they haven't or he books somebody who is then booked a bit later on, and we're playing with 10 men. He is a, a law unto himself, and uh, it really is... You've started me off here now, Dean. It really is about... I mean, it started, started me off by just asking me a question about Taylor. Uh, but he, it really is about time that they just completely... You know, it's, it's like a stables need to be flushed out. They need to get rid of all the shit, because it really is so rubbish and rotten. The whole setup. You've got these these are blokes wandering about making these decisions, and they're not up with the game. They're not fit enough. Oh, I just completely despair. But he is just uh, he is a. It's such a an annoying uh, appointment, isn't it? Uh, that's it. Jonathan is now shutting up. Well, we keep our fingers crossed that the game is decided by the players and not the referee. Um, Dave, this is yes. Chelsea's. 26th FA Cup final. They've won 15 and lost 10. Will that experience count for Chelsea against your know, inexperienced Palace side? That's a surprise, actually. The uh, 10 losses. Did you say it's 10, 15 wins and 10 losses? That is um, 
according to Chidge's notes. Mm, that's yeah, a surprise we lost so many, actually. I thought we'd be a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I well, hope we, we hope, lose a lot know. in the 60s. Dane, we seem to lose a lot in the 60s, lost a lot in the 60s. I went to several and came away in tears as a child, I remember. Anyway, sorry, sorry to digress. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I, I just think, well, yeah, well, you have those experiences. You have even the experience from, from, from the other night in the Bernabeu. You know, these take you on. That goal that Mount scored in the Bernabeu, that goal that, that, uh, that Werner scored, you know, you, you build on that. You know, it, it shows you can perform in big games, uh, which we obviously know we can because we won the Champions League. We're, we're the current Champions League holders. So, yeah, it, it's <coughs> immense. But... You know, on that day, sometimes it, it doesn't mean anything, as it's proved in recent finals. You know, when, you know, we've talked about, you know, losing to Arsenal in, in recent FA Cup finals. And each of those games, I thought we was, a sh- you know, sure to win. Uh, you know, I fancied us to beat Liverpool. I still think we were the better team in the Carling Cup, uh, like we were in the Super Cup against them. And, we, and, we, and we've lost both times on penalties. It's... It's on the day, isn't it? And unfortunately, I, you know, Palace do have a, a young team, an energetic team, and I just hope he goes with, with with an energetic team as well, and we can we can match him and, and exploit those big spaces on the Wembley pitch. But yeah, obviously, if you if you've got the winners, the World Cup winners, the Champions League winners, the Premier League winners in your side, then that's obviously going to hopefully give you an advantage. Yeah, I remember going to. Um the semi-final against Tottenham when Tottenham thought they had won the game before we started and we beat them 4-2 but then the final against Arsenal it felt like we would won before the game started and obviously Arsenal yeah. beat us um, so I think you can feel those things when you're there at the game uh, JK you mentioned Conor Gallagher already how you know, big of a miss is he going to be for Palace because he obviously unfortunately can't play in this game uh, he took him off in the last game at half at uh, half time because he wasn't um, he wasn't playing uh, as well or didn't fit in the pattern, so or perhaps he was preparing to play without him. You don't you never know where he's giving him a, a half without him. But uh, he's one of their best players. He's fantastic. So they're bound to miss him. Yeah, bound to miss him. But that's a very good point, Dane. I think they might start. Um, they might start uh, a little bit trepidatious just because it's semi final and they haven't been to some of the players won't have been to that big enough. Event, whereas lots of the Chelsea players are completely used to that kind of thing, mm. so uh, it might be that we yeah we need to score in the first ten minutes. We might have a lot of the ball in the first ten minutes as a consequence before they they get their act together. Um, but Gallagher, uh, um, uh, great potential, played wonderfully for them, scored some great goals. Um, they're bound to miss him. Yeah, completely. Do you think he should be playing? But um, no, it's the the law is. Uh, um, is such that that was the deal in the loan deal. It's written in, wasn't it? You don't play against the parent club. Why, why should we give in? I'm being far too competitive, I know, but, you know, that's what I'm... Uh, you asked me that question. But, yeah, for him, it would have been a wonderful day. But at the same time, if he then contribute, contributes to our losing, I, I, I don't want that, thanks very much. You know, that's part of the deal. The deal is he doesn't, doesn't play against the parent club. So, And if he scores yeah. an own goal or something like that, works both ways doesn't it i suppose um yeah yeah he might be yeah yeah absolutely worth that's very yeah. well they knew that didn't they at the beginning of the deal i know it's a lot different to a third round league cup game where you know mason mount and and uh, uh for tomori was was playing for derby and it was more like an experience for him i think you should experience all or all, all but that you know all different 
you know, when you when when you are a, a lone signing, you know, you should experience everything you can experience. But as JK said, that's the law. You know, they knew that beforehand. Harsh, yes, but you know, just Casey, it, it can come back to bite us because he's a fantastic player, and he would have been. I just, you know, I know it's it's hypothetical, but you know, just imagine his energy coming on for in that second against Real Madrid when you know late on in that game when we needed you know that sort of energy for that for those tactics. But yeah, yeah, it, they knew that at the beginning of the season. That's what they signed up for. So you know, Chelsea. But Tuchel it came out recently, did it sometime today. But Tuchel said he, he saw him in a restaurant in the last couple of weeks, and he actually apologised to him. Yeah. Uh, for it, which shows the man to clears and, and hopefully, you know, they've got a good relationship, which we, we, which we will see, you know, Tuchel has mentioned him a lot of times and it's clear that he'll be in the squad and uh, he'll be fighting for, for a place for us next season. So, you know, Tuchel is his manager, even though Patrick Vieira is, is his current loan manager and, you know, he's not going to want to burn any bridges because his number one aim is to come back to Chelsea and be a success, which we, we hope and believe he will be. Yeah, well, hopefully he's going to play lots of more semi-finals uh, in, in Chelsea blue rather than the Palace uh, blue and red. Uh, now, Chidge hasn't done a team selection, so that means the power is in my hands. Uh, I think... Well, have you got those they... little figures? You've got the little figures? Dean have got those little figures like he had. I don't know if it's going to show up on the screen. No. Oh, no, it's all... I could lie, but no, it's all white and blurry. But, uh, Not that it makes great audio anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they look great. Yeah, they look great, team. They look great. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, um, two will pick uh, Mendy in goal, uh, Chalaba and Rudiger as the back three, Reese James and Christian Pulisic yeah. as the wing backs, Jorginho and Kovacic in midfield, and Mount Werner and Havertz in attack. Um, no silver because of the 120 minutes against uh, Madrid. Kante, I thought he looked uh, completely exhausted when he came off. Uh, Alonso actually ran the most distance of any Chelsea player against Madrid, uh, 15 kilometres. Did he? Uh, which was not surprised. He, he had a great game, yeah. really great. Yeah, really brilliant. Yeah, against Southampton as well as two. I, you know, a bit yeah. harsh before the yeah. Southampton game. I thought since he's deputised for Chilwell, I could probably count on one hand the amount of good games he's had. He's he's been averagely consistent, but these two, like Ruben. These two, these two last two games, Southampton and Real Madrid, has just made me want to keep him and 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 him and Chilwell. I'd still have Chilwell as, as ahead of him, but he yeah, in agree, a certain system. Yeah. These two yeah. systems has brought out the best in Alonso. Whether before I thought, you know, recent weeks or recent months, he, he struggled to an extent. He was amazing in the in in, in the final against Liverpool, but pretty average on the other times. But wow, these last two games, absolutely brilliant. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, JK, what do you make of the yeah, team? What, what do you think Tuchel's going to do? I, I would side with you completely. I think um, uh, Chalabar and Dave uh, with Rudiger just seems to be the, the, exactly what he'll do. But in fact, I think the reality is he'll pick Silver and Conte, and uh, uh, despite them both being knackered, um, uh, just for an experience point of view. And it's been four days. I don't know. In this instance, he could go that way. I just think playing Pulisic as the wing back when there is Alonso there is something I don't think he'll do um, unless he's worked something out with Palace that he feels is essential in which case he might play Saul down there which would really confuse us but um, uh, and as I said earlier he might decide to play Lukaku 
<laughs> no, I don't think he will, because he's mentioned in the, in the press conference that um, he thinks events have moved on with him. I can't remember how he phrased it. It was a bit damning uh, that um, they'd worked out the way they wanted to play or something, which meant basically that Lukaku was a kind of, you know, bring bring him on if you need to score a goal later on. I'm if, glad he come uh, back though, Jake. Eh? Snored, I'm, I'm 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 glad he, 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 he I'm glad he's come back. And you know, listen, we can look to an option. No, we can talk all day about the transfer fee, but I'm glad he he came back to Chelsea. If it doesn't work out and he goes in the summer, fine. But that will, you know, I always wondered, I always wondered uh, about him, uh, you know, selling him. Uh, there, there was a clear love. You see the old videos when he was a kid and you always thought, you know, he, he wanted to come back. He's come back and it hasn't worked out. But, you know, if we can get a good good amount of money for him and we both go our separate ways, fine. But I'm glad that he did come back rather than always wondering. Uh, but he limit again, you know, talking about tactics and 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 systems and you know the way that Tuchel wants us to play that you can clearly see in recent weeks with Southampton and 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 Real Madrid. I don't think we've got enough players to play that way successfully. We haven't got enough. We need a you know a, a, we've got a great squad, but not enough to play that system with that energy and that mobility and that movement. So by 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 as Dean said, making quite a lot of changes that will take something out of us. And I think you won't see the same sort of system that we played in you know, the last no, two you, games. You, you wouldn't. If Lukaku, you, I agree, if Lukaku plays, it's not the same system at all. No. Right. Even with they, Bruno, they, you know, they it's start, harsh. You can I know. See them changing. Yeah, I know it's harsh. You see them you know. changing. They, they start playing. I mean, look, um, Alonso plays a lot better with Havertz, and he plays a lot better in playing the little hmm. dinky moves to the left, with, with, depending on who the forward is with him. Whereas if he's supposed to, it's supposed to be hitting. Uh, um, Romelu up front, he doesn't do that. Romelu makes the runs and he doesn't play the ball in. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, they're, they're not attuned to it. They're, not attuned, they're, they're, they're better attuned to Havertz and Havertz works much better in the system. And Havertz, to me, has just got better and better and better as this yes. season's yeah. come. He's now becoming the, the player that we wanted him to be. He's a really terrific footballer. Yeah, um, absolutely amazing. Uh, but no, in, in response, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit all at sea with this actually Dean I don't know I would uh, I'd like to agree with you and I'd say yeah it seems pretty reasonable that he'd play those but he he he, he keeps deceiving us by playing you know who we don't think he'll play and uh, we uh, I would agree that perhaps a slightly weaker rotated side would work and yet it's it's a semi-final he wants to win he probably want to he wants to win the FA Cup so he might give it precedence to the Arsenal game and he might play that team you suggested against Arsenal, bringing on the players later. And I think he might start with Silva. <coughs> um, they play Christensen. So it might be Christensen, Silva and Rudiger um, with Alonso, with Reese, with um, Kante and uh, Kovacic. And uh, Havertz, and I would play Werner because I agree. Um, but um, he might just play Zayek from the beginning. Zayek, Mountain Havertz. So uh, I've not helped at all there. I've not given you a proper team. I've given <laughs> I've given too many what's and ifs. But that's the that's the kind of a as I think you'll play a stronger side than the one that you've selected. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What you have done though, JK, is you've named every member of the squad. Uh, so <laughs> on Tuesday you were right. Of course, but I, I knew I'd done that. That's usually what I'd do. Here's <laughs> uh, uh, a day move. Uh, time to uh, now our colours to the mast then. How do we think it's going to go? What's the score going to be? Uh, JK, I'll let you answer first. 3-1. Blow them away or a tight game up to the end? No, I'll be 3-0 and then they'll score. 
Dane, what are your four score predictions? Well, seeing as you didn't ask me for my team selection uh, prediction, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, it's it's give it now, give it now. Well, yeah, I think I think now. J.K. I think you were right. Dean's made too many changes, and I really like the way we've played in recent weeks. Uh, unfortunately, I know you know we have massive fans of Jorginho, but he can't play in that system. Uh, I, I'm sorry if that's that's the system I like. He can play in a lot of other systems that, that suit him. But he would not. I don't think he'll be suited in that system, and I don't think Dave would be either. So I'd only actually make two changes. Uh, probably Christensen for Silver, and and maybe Ruben for Kante to, to keep up that momentum from Madrid. And uh, maybe, actually, maybe three changes. Maybe I'd have Ziyech in for for uh, move Ruben in the middle and have Ziyech on the right because you know to drop deep and support Reese because I don't think Pulisic you know that's not his game dropping deep I know we've seen him at right wing back but he needs he need we need to show his qualities up front so we'll keep him on the bench but if we play the, the way we, we've played where we've scored like you, you know uh, nine goals in in two games with that high intensity to press in you know the mobility the movement then yeah I think like JK you know we'll blow them away uh 3-0 uh well he said they'd get a late goal but I I can see a a 3-0 uh, uh for me unless we make as many changes that you say and it, it stops, you know, how we've played the last two games and I can see us scraping the 2-1. Yeah, I was going to go more towards a, a tighter game, sort of 2-0, 2-1 to Chelsea. Of course, going through uh, just in 90 minutes to make it um, all the more enjoyable and comfortable uh, after the Tuesday night uh, heartache in Madrid. Um, that... Just about wraps us up. Uh, JK, enjoy the game on Sunday. You'll obviously be there uh, in, in the middle circle of, of Wembley. Um, yeah, somewhere like that. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be somewhere. It'll be somewhere where I'm sitting with nobody I know and, uh, and I'm amazed that the kind of person who will stand up and just spend the whole of the game looking at the opposition fans giving... Um, throat cutting gestures uh, I don't quite understand how I've got a ticket near them but that's what that, that's what will normally happen yeah yeah uh, good to good to see you thank you for your assistance uh, in the evening I, I feel like you've helped me be more goose hitting than Rafa Benitez as an interim <laughs> Chelsea Chelsea fan cast host if, if if you'd been Rafa if been Rafa you would wouldn't have had me here you'd have got rid of me because uh, I'd have been, I'd have been JT, been yeah. JT, and you'd have said I wasn't, wasn't fit enough. Alex wasn't. What, what error of hitting? Yeah, though? No, I, I, I haven't needed to do anything different actually. So uh, thank you so much. So good. I think Chid would have interrupted my spiel at the beginning and said, oh, "Come on, you know, we just interrupted it." And said, "You know, yeah, you've given away all everything with the questions I was going to ask." But uh, but no, thank you for allowing me to, uh, to. Uh, um, what can I say? Um, wank on about uh, about the game on, on the, during the week, but um, yes, it was uh, it, it was it was very good, good fun, good fun show. Well done, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Sorry, I'm finally patronising. Don't yeah, mean patronising. I mean, well, always good to see you. Obviously, um, usually talking Chelsea women, but tonight uh, Chelsea men together. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it has been fun. Obviously, obviously, we've missed Chidge, but it's obviously. You know, I'm used to your style, so so I knew what to expect. And yeah, no, I think you know you've you've done yourself proud. But obviously, at the same time, you know, 
we wish Chidgell the best. You know, obviously we love him and adore him and hopefully he listens to this and, and, and feels that you've done him proud as well. And yeah, JK has just been naturally himself, which I didn't expect any different because, you know, he's such a professional and he's, he's well loved as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been nice. It's, uh, it's been a nice experience. And uh, yeah, as Liam as well, you know, it's, it's that insight that he gives and, you know, as Jake's, JK and, and yourself, Dina said earlier, is is, is uh, athletic articles that, you know, are, are, are really brilliant. And, you know, there's, there's nothing in it for me, but, you know, to, you know, I, 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 I have it, you know, I have the, the, the thing, you know, I pay for it yearly and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It covers so many different sports and so many different areas and yeah. Liam is is one of my uh, favourites that I do keep on uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, well, Chidge has to edit and publish uh, tonight's show, so he's got to listen, uh, whether he wants to or not. Uh, like Dane said, Can we praise him some more then. <laughs> yeah, we all wish him a speedy recovery. Um, everybody obviously misses him greatly on the show. The show will be back next Tuesday because Monday is a bank holiday uh, for the main you know, show with J.K. Clayton Beerman and. Alex Churchill at 7pm looking back at the match against Crystal Palace and ahead to the Premier League match against Arsenal in midweek uh, thanks for listening, see you next week until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it Chelsea up the Chelsea up the Chelsea It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.